Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Good morning, family. I swear, I get out here just seconds, just seconds enough to get out here. <laughs> it's good to be in God's house with God's people. Let me just get a drink of water. Is that right? We are in the middle of a summer series that we have been calling the original top 10. The original top 10. And again, we've been trying to, again, uh, just kind of focus on the fact that people know more of uh, baseball teams and the types of fish that are out there than they do <laughs> do the, the Ten Commandments. And when they do know the Ten Commandments, they don't view it as commandments at all. They, they view it as what? Suggestions. Optional. It's like I was going down to uh, Pompano, going up to Pompano yesterday for a kid, one of my, uh, we got invited to my, my nephew's uh, daughter's first birthday party. And we didn't know where it was, and it was somewhere on the intercoastal, and we got pulled out the GPS, the jips and ways and all that stuff, and it's very difficult. Remember back in the day when we didn't have GPS? Yeah. You know? Anybody, uh, you know, 20 and younger, they don't know. They don't, they, they, if, if all of a sudden, you know, GPS went out, they'd be like, where, which way do I go, George? Which way do I go? And so, but those of us who are my age, we remember not having to deal with GPS. We use it, right? So GPS was telling me to take a right or to go left or do this or do that. And I'm like, no, I'm staying on this road. And after a while, you know, the people in the car said, well, you're not following the GPS. Yeah, because I know where I'm going, <laughs> you know? As far as I was concerned, at that moment, GPS was optional. And unfortunately, we treat God's word and his commandments as optional. And so, and that's a problem today because it's really not. It's, it's, it's God's way of letting us know or leading us to the blessings that he wants for us. And speaking of blessings, we, we are on... We're tackling the uh, commandment number five, which is what? Anybody? Honor your mother and your father. And, and to remember it, I drew a number five, right? And then I said, you know, that kind of looks like a wheelchair, right? Doesn't it kind of look like a wheelchair? And I put a you know, person in who, and who usually ends up in a wheelchair? You know, your parents, your grandparents. And so to help you remember, you know, that, that's, that's commandment number five. Now, what does it mean? Well... First of all, we first find it in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And it's again, it's mentioned again in Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a what? With a promise. And then it tells us what the promise is so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on this earth. And so if the promise is if we honor our parents, we may enjoy long life on this earth, what happens if we dishonor them? Is it safe to say the opposite might be true? 
Are the promises of God true? Does God tell lies? So the promises of God, the scripture says, are yes and amen. In other words, you can take what he says to the bank. So this is a serious one. It's the first commandment, it says, with a promise. Now, the first question is, what does it mean to honor anyway? And so I went ahead and Googled it. Back in the day, we'd break out the Webster Dictionary, but who's got one of those anymore, right? I still have one, <laughs> but I Googled it. It was just easier. And it gave me the nouns for honor, and it says, and the verbs. The nouns were high respect or great esteem, and it gave synonyms, distinction, privilege, and prestige. The second definition was adherence to what is right or to conventional standard of conduct. And the third noun was something regarded as rare opportunity and bringing pride and pleasure a privilege. But then it went to the verbs. The first definition for honor as a verb, actual word, is to regard with great respect. And then it gave, it, it literally gave this as an example. They honor their parents in all they did. Look at that. The second was to fulfill an obligation. Someone say an obligation. obligation. Or to keep an agreement. An obligation and an agreement. And so it's kind of the verb of honor that I want to focus on this morning and for the next few minutes. So I want you to write this down. To honor means to regard with great respect and to fulfill an obligation or to keep an agreement. I, I need everyone to kind of write that down if you don't have that written down. because That's kind of like the crux of my message today. All right? If, you, if you're following on, uh, online, you can follow along digitally. If you have a smartphone, just in your front pews, there's one of these. Just click on it, and it will bring up the outline as well. If you need one, raise your hand. We'll get one to you. Um, and so before we jump into the heart of the message, a couple questions. Question number one. When do we stop being our parents' children? Preacher's sister. <laughs> she said, Never. So even when we're adults, we are still their adult children, right? I don't care how old you are, you will always be your parents' children in their eyes, all right? Second question, who chose your parents? I'm not, I'm not talking about adoption, I'm just talking normally. Who chose your parents? God chose your parents for you. You didn't choose your parents. God chose your parents. And so ultimately, in my humble opinion, to dishonor God's choice for you is ultimately to dishonor God. Does that make sense? So God calls us to honor our parents. Now, I know this is easier said when you've had parents that were good to you. The challenge comes when you've felt wronged by your parents or neglected by your parents or worse, abused by them, where do you go with this commandment? What do you do with it? Now, I suggest to you, with God's help, all things are possible, amen? Even this commandment, I can speak from personal experience. My mama has always been there for me and my three brothers. My father, biological father, 
has not. He was, neglect, ne, he was neglect, neglectful at best and probably mentally, at least mentally abusive at worst for me and my brothers growing up. Because when my mom and them decided to split up and divorce, you've heard me say this before, he didn't just divorce my mother, or she didn't just divorce him, he divorced his children. In other words, he had nothing to do with it. And some of us can relate to that. We can relate to that situation. And so my mom to this day says if she ever wanted to get rid of him, she would ask him for $20 for his kids. And then we wouldn't see him for the next two years. All it took was $20. So he would have been considered in today's culture a what? A deadbeat dad. And a deadbeat dad, if you don't know what that is, it's someone who has children and doesn't take care of them. Wants nothing to do with them. So he wasn't the greatest father. Not to mention at some point when they got divorced, and I've shared this before as well, he decided he, he didn't uh, like my mother leaving him. And she had good reasons to leave him, but she, he didn't like it. So he decided while we were young, maybe four, five, and six, she took us to church one day, and he came behind her while she was in church and kidnapped us out of the nursery. That can't happen here. We've got locked doors. We've got security. I've learned. Took us overseas uh, to Jamaica, to the hills of Jamaica, and left us with strangers. My mom had to hire a detective. This was months. They, they finally found him, arrested him, demanded where we were, but they didn't have, they didn't have um, where you can go. So she had to go over there herself, find the area, hunt us down, and re-kidnap us, re-snatch re us, all at the tender age of four, five, and six. So I had dad issues. Would you agree? I had dad issues. And he wasn't the greatest. So my question again, uh, when I came to faith, I was confronted with this commandment. Honor your, it doesn't just say your mama. It says honor your father and your mother. How do you honor and respect someone who, quite frankly, doesn't deserve your honor or respect? How do you do that? Well, I want to suggest to you it's like the love and respect as it relates to a husband and a wife. You Come to a place in your life where you learn to do things as unto the Lord. Amen? Amen? And so with God's help over the years, he managed to work forgiveness in my heart toward him. Not because he ever asked for it, because quite frankly, through the years we had conversations of the, those incidences, and he never apologized not one time. He was self-absorbed and self-righteous. He was the type of person that if you talk to him about God or anything like that, he would say, my God, my God does this, or my God, my God does that, and, and, and lo and behold, his God always agreed with whatever he did. His God just never told him to take care of his children. <laughs> That's what, you understand what I'm saying? 
because people create gods in their own minds, and it's, it's the god of their imagination. Their god doesn't really exist. He was that type of dude. And so when he came to visit over the years, because I became a Christian, I was willing to let that stuff go. I let him stay at our house. And we'd entertain him over the years until he finally got cancer, and he lived in England. And when I found out from his second wife that he had cancer, we, went, we flew over there, and me and my son flew over there to share the gospel with him because they told us that he didn't have that much time. And we, I talked to him about Jesus as best I could. We flew back over here. And then a year later, I got the news that he had passed. And so I flew back over there to go to the funeral. I've got three brothers, two brothers, including myself. There's three of us. And I was the only one that went to his funeral. Great funeral, graveside, helped to bury him. And the rest of the family, we found out I had family that's from all over the world on his side of the family. They, were, they were, weren't surprised that my brothers didn't come because they had known that he had mistreated us over the years. They were surprised that I had come. They were shocked. And they asked me why. And then I was able to give a reason to my entire family because I have the love of Jesus in my heart and he's worked forgiveness in my heart. And this is my way of honoring him as best I can. God can work it in you, amen? amen? Even if in your mind they don't deserve it. We can learn to do things as unto the Lord. And so I've got three reasons this morning that the Bible says we ought to honor our parents. And I want you to write these down. And one of them we've already talked about because when we honor them, we honor God, Amen? This is what God said in the Old Testament about honoring our parents. Leviticus 19.32, it says, Stand up in the presence of the aged and show respect for the elderly and revere your God, I am the Lord. This was a commandment that came out, came down. Stand up in the presence of the aged, show respect for the elderly and revere and revere your God. So he tied the two of them together. The showing of respect to the elderly shows reverence to our God. And he says, I am the Lord. And so when we show respect to them, we show respect to God. Now it seems that our cultures uh, understand this. Other cultures understand this more than ours. As our population ages, this, and this is not true in all cases, but it seems that as they get older, the least respect is what they receive. They're viewed as unneeded or unwanted, and oftentimes they shift off to somewhere. And some of the loneliest places to be as an elderly person is in some of these homes when they tell you, I'm not getting a phone call from my kids or my grandkids. They're just kind of shift off, marginalized at best, but not honored the way they should be. As far as God's concerned, we should be doing all we can to show respect to the elderly in our community. In fact, matter of fact, if you are 70 and or older in this room today, I want you to sit down. And everybody else who's younger than that, let's stand up. Let's stand up. 
and look around and look for those who are 70 and older. Come on. We love you. Amen. Let's sit down. I was going to have them stand up, but then I said, you know what the scripture says? No, they sit and we stand in their presence. I said, you know, that's what, that's what we're going to do. Now, today the kids not only dishonor their parents, the kids today will curse their parents out. Will curse them out. Which, by the way, is a sign of the times. In the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to young Pastor Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, and the heading of it says, the dangers of the last days. Watch this. It says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to who? Disobedient to who? To their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control, be cruel and hate what is good. They'll, be, they'll betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. And his advice to them was to stay away from people like that. In other words, disobedient, dishonoring to parents is also a sign of the end times as far as God is concerned. Now listen to how God felt about kids who would dishonor their parents by cursing them out. Listen, Leviticus 29. Anyone who curses their father or mother is to what? What? Be put to death. Why? Because they've cursed their father or mother, their blood will be on their own head. Oh, snap. Imagine if that was happening today. That would cure the problem instantly. Right? Now, I'm not advocating that, by the way. I just, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just saying this is how strongly God felt about it. He says, if you're going to curse your parents whom I gave you, drag them out to the outside of the city and stone them to death. Their blood is going to be on their own heads. So he commands us to honor our parents and then he gives us a promise. He says, so that our days may be long in the land, which is reason number two for honoring our parents. It's the first commandment with a promised blessing. Write that down. So that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy life on this earth. Anyone want things to go well with you in this land? Come on, somebody. Anyone want to enjoy your life? You know, I know the world says you've got to, hit the lottery and you got to do this and all that to, you know, find the right girl or find the right guy. The Bible says if you want to enjoy your life, as far as God's concerned, honor your parents. Honor your father and your mother. Honor the elderly among you. We have a family in our church who saw that no one was stepping up with their elderly grandmother. Big family. And they were the just the grandkids. The parents weren't stepping up, the aunts, the uncles, none of the, the siblings or the relatives. So they took their grandmother into their, their home 
And they took on the responsibility for, the, for the, her and cared for her until she went home to be with the Lord. Now, I'm not exactly sure how that blessing is going to look for them, but I know that God is going to bless them. Amen? God's going to bless them for being the only ones in their family to, to look after their elderly grandmother in her old age. Now, which brings me to the third reason, and this is probably the main one that God is concerned about or wants us to get in, because they took care of you in your youth. <laughs> God expects you to take care of them when they are old. Does that make sense? Yes. Believe it or not, it's not primarily the government's job or even the church, or the church is there as a safety net. Primarily, it's the family's job to take care of their family, the aging parents. Jesus said as much when he was addressing the so-called religious people of his day. In Mark chapter 7, verse 5, it says, So the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? And so he replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. What? What did he call him? You hypocrite. What's a hypocrite? Help me out, somebody. What's a hypocrite? Yeah, say one thing, do another. Two-face, maybe, right? They don't follow what they say they, they, they believe, you know? And so Jesus, a lot of us, we have the misconception that, I get this a lot, you know, Pastor Rick, it's not what you said, it's how you said it. No, no, it's what I said, okay? You don't like what I said. And, well, that's not what Jesus was all loving. He would never say something. Read your Bible. Jesus called them hypocrites. He called them whitewashed tombs. He called them brood of vipers. Why? Because they were lying to the people about God. He came to represent who God was. And the religious people of the day and the political people of the day were lying to the people. And Jesus did not mince words. He called them hypocrites. Whitewashed tombs. He said, you're the blind leading the blind. You're going to lead them into a ditch. So he calls them a hypocrite. He says, as it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is Corbin, that is, devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down and you do, and, and you do many things like that. That's why he called him a hypocrite. He says, you hold yourself out to be religious, 
but you honor me with your lips only, but your heart is far from me. You say one thing, you do another, and you contradict the word of God. So again, what was it that got Jesus so riled up and calling them hypocrites? Well, first of all, what does, what does it mean to declare something Corbin? Well, he tells us. It means it's a Hebrew word, Hebrew Aramaic word, founded only in this chapter. And it means a gift or offering consecrated to God. And, and anything over which this word was once pronounced was irrevocably dedicated to the temple. And so if they had a stash of money that should have been going to the family to take care of the family, they declared it Corbin, and now it's, it's dedicated to go to God, uh, and they did this in the name of God. Now, kind of to understand it better, let's read it in the New, the New Living Translation, Mark 7, 11. It says, but you say it, you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you. For I have vowed to give to God, Corbin, what I would have given to you. And in this way, you let them disregard their needy parents. And so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And this is only one example among many others. And so in the Jewish system, they didn't have Social Security. They didn't have pension programs. The sole reliability that the elderly parents had to survive as they got older and could no longer work and do the stuff that they did when they were younger, the sole reliability were their grown children. That was it. And Jesus called them out, called them out on their hypocrisy because what they were doing to avoid supporting their parents was saying that the money that they should have been using was now dedicated to the temple. Now, I imagine that the priests and the rabbis didn't say anything because it was a good deal for them, right? They had nothing to say about it. But the truth is, I'm thinking that if you'd stick, it, stick the screws to your own parents this way, chances are they weren't going to write that check to the, to the church either. But everybody was silent on this, and Jesus called them out of the hypocrisy. Now, or maybe they just thought, I'm going to write it to the temple, and the bigger check that I give to the temple is going to make me look better in the eyes of the people in the church. And so they disregarded the obligation that Moses set forth through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And that now it became a tradition through the years. And he says, you have elevated your tradition above the word of God. This is a problem. Amen. But either way, Jesus was saying, you may look good to them, but you look horrible in the eyes of God for doing this to your parents. And, and worse, you're doing it in the name of God. They're dedicating it to God's temple. We see that as a problem. Now, be careful about allowing the culture and today's traditions to become more important than God's word in your life. Can I say that again? Be careful about allowing culture and tradition to supersede what the Word of God says. How many know that the world says things that are way more important to them than what the Word says? But as a Christian, as a follower, my obligation and your obligation is not to what the world says, it's to what the Word says. Amen? Does that make sense? And the moment the traditions of the world 
start to supersede what the word says, you and I are under no obligation to follow what the world says concerning this. At the end of the day, what we do, we do as an audience of one. Who are we going to stand before God? I mean, who are we going to stand before one day? We're going to stand before God. And you're going to stand by yourself. And you're going to have to give an answer. I mean, the disciples had the same issue. They were preaching and teaching and healing. And the person got healed. And they didn't like it. And they were dragged before the, 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 the people and beat and commanded not to to preach or heal in the name of Jesus. And they turned to them and said, you decide, should we listen to you or should we listen to God? We're going to continue to listen to God. Amen? Amen. And we need to listen to it in, in his in context. He has the final word on the matter. Now, honor your father and your mother is not a suggestion. It's a commandment, and God expects us to be there for our elderly parents with respect to honor and financial help, if need be, as well. I'm talking to my children out there. Are you guys listening? I'm just saying. Now, how important is that today? Well, look around you. I was talking to people last week. Gas has gone up how much in two years? It's doubled. It's gone up 50% in two years. And whether you blame it on Putin and the gas companies like our president does, or you blame it on the president and his, and his environmental policies, it's gone up no matter what you blame it on, all right? It's gone up and there's no end in sight. And because of that, everything else is going up. How many of you know, how many of you know that everything gets from point A to point B via truck or ship or plane. It takes fuel. And last I checked, none of them were outfitted with, with uh, solar panels. So it takes gas. So if gas is going up, they're not going to pay for it. They're just going to transfer the cost to who? Turn to somebody, turn to your neighbor, say you and me, right? To us. And so as the things go up for the supplier, it goes up for the consumer, and that's all of us. I took my mama to McDonald's. The other day, we drove through. We got a McMuffin breakfast, egg McMuffin breakfast, and a drink. Almost $20. How many of you know $20 was a fancy date with my wife at a decent restaurant not that long ago? I'm talking about McDonald's, where you don't even know the mystery meat. You don't even know... <laughs> you got to pray over these days, right? That's not, that's not the only thing going up. Housing prices are going up. Rent is going up. Someone told me the other day, someone out in the church, his, he's renting, it went, his rent went up. Went up $900. Oh, my goodness. And so the only thing not going up and keeping with, with inflation is what? people's income. And in the end, who suffers in that environment the most? People with fixed income. And who do you know that has fixed incomes? The elderly among us. Amen. Our parents, those who are disabled or retired, 
in this environment, if you are having it hard, they are taking a shellacking. Dear lady told me recently, she's driving in a car. I gave her a hug. I said, does your air condition work? She says, it does, but I keep it down now so that she can conserve the gas. The elderly are now dealing with, do I pay for medicine or do I pay for food or gas? So today, more than ever, we need to figure out how to honor our parents and the elderly among us as best we can to include helping them as much as possible. Does that make sense? The Bible calls us to honor them so that our days will be long in the land. This is God's will for every single one of us, to honor our parents so that our days will be long in the land. And if you're having difficulty with that because you had a, maybe a dad like mine, ask God to help you. Ask the Holy Spirit to come in and start to heal those broken places in your life so that you can be a reflection of his grace to this world around us. Now the question is, my question today is, how are you doing in this area? The honoring of your parents. Could you be doing better? Should you be doing better? For some of you, this message is coming as a wake-up call. Maybe you haven't. I mean, I know for many of us, our parents have moved on. But maybe you haven't called them as much as you should have. Maybe that's what the Lord is saying to do. Pick up the phone and allow God to minister to them through you. Amen? And today, as we said last week, today is a good time to respond to the move of God in your life. Bible says today if you hear his voice don't harden your heart as they did in the rebellion God has promises for every single one of us and the promises of God are yes and amen they are not the ten suggestions they are the ten commandments and they are literally put in place not like I treat the GPS optional they're put in place to get us to where God wants us to be and so that we can walk in the blessing that he has for us and that the people that he wants us, he wants to bless through us will receive that blessing. Do you know God wants to use us to bless this world? He definitely wants to use us to bless our families and always, always starts with our relationship with Jesus. Amen? If you want to become the man or woman of the God that he wants you to be, it starts by saying, Lord, I need you. Come into my life. Come into my heart. I don't want to elevate the world over the word. I don't want to elevate tradition 
over what you are commanding me to do. Jesus says, I'm going to write my commandments. I, I no longer write my commandments on tablets of stone. I write them on the tablets of your heart. And so when you are faced with truth, we have an obligation to say, okay, Lord, this is, the, this is true. How can I best work this out in my life in the situation that I am? It's not to say, oh, well, my God would never do this or my God would never do that. Be careful because when you get into that my God thing and it's the opposite of what the Word of God says, you have now violated commandment number one where you place your God over God. And commandment number two, you create an image of God that's not real. You can't do anything because he's not real. There's a God of the Bible. Amen? And he's the only God out there. And he says, I am the Lord thy God. I change not. Culture may change. Okay? The times may change. But God's not changing. And so it's for me to line up with what God says regardless of what the culture is saying. I've got to find my place in God. And when I find my place in God, guess what? God's got your back. Amen? You're not going to be standing in truth by yourself. You're going to be standing in truth by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he will help us to walk it out and to work it out in our lives. That's true of every area of our lives. Our marriages, our children, our finances. If I could just find that place of truth. And he literally says, I've hidden, the psalmist says, I've hidden your word in my heart. So I will not sin against you. So I take the time to to read God's word and to know God's word and to allow it to be written on the on my heart and then to with God's help to obey God's word that's not to say that we're going to do it perfectly if we could do it perfectly Jesus would not have had to come Jesus came because he knows that we're sinners all right but he doesn't want us to stay in our sin and it's given us the power to overcome those things so I may have been messing up before but I don't have to live as a mess up does that make sense I don't have to continue you know that's who I was that's not who I am and by the grace of God that's not who I'm becoming because ultimately who I'm trying to please at the end of the day is an audience of one I want to hear well done my good and faithful servant. That should be everyone's goal to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen? But it starts with acknowledging that you need, that you're a sinner, that you need a savior, and that Jesus, that you cannot save yourself, and that Jesus is the one that saves us. And so I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads and to close their eyes as we come to close this morning say something like this from your heart if this is you humble your heart before him and say something like this Father I come before you today I acknowledge my need for a savior 
I have sinned. I've not always put you first. I've not always honored my father or my mother. I've not always done the things that you've asked. And I ask you to forgive me from my heart. Forgive me. I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for every single one of my failings. And I thank you, Lord, that he not only died, but three days later he rose from the dead. And that there's another promise that because he lives, if I put my faith in him, I will live as well. So this day, I surrender all to you. I commit my life to you. Fill me with your spirit, with your power, and with your love. And help me to be the man and woman of God you call me to be. In Jesus' name, I pray. And we all said, amen and amen. Let me encourage you that if you said that prayer and you meant it from your heart, the Bible says in that moment you become born again. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In your pews, there's a let's get acquainted. Just take the moment. Say, I prayed, with, I prayed to receive Jesus today. I recommitted my life to Jesus. If you're listening online, you can put it in the comments. Matter of fact, if you like what you're hearing, like. Uh, and share what you're, what you're hearing today. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.